Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Mondays with Mikey Heesmurf. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Because we are a new type Raider talk show. We're going to have good times. Let's go. It's the return of Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Yo, here we are once again, four months later, a quarantine in, doing our best to have a good time with the negative world. We're online. Everybody get ready for some fun. We're gonna do it one-on-one. He's Murph, I'm Mikey. It's time to get down and do it like this. Sing it right now, it's Mondays with Mikey and Murph, the quarantine edition. We're having good time. (laughs) Talking Raiders football dirt. Because we hopefully are a cool, unique Raider Talk show. We're going to have good times. Let's go. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. All right, here it is, Murph. We are four months in since our last podcast, if you will. What say you? How you doing on this Quarantine Monday? Mikey, I'm doing fantastic. Glad to be back here in On Air Nation for another episode of Mondays with Mikey and Murph. It has been way too long, but it's not like we've missed a whole bunch, right? Just a little bit of free agency that we'll have plenty of time to get to. But yeah, man, more, most importantly, we are in a crazy, crazy world. And so I will just say this. You know, when we have nuttiness that goes on like this, unprecedented uh, environments and uh, and, and situations to all of our lifetimes, I'll just say that I try to remain grateful. I try to lock into the things that I can be thankful for, and whether that is your family or your connections with others. And in this case, it's our ability to use technology to still connect with people, to still connect with Raider Nation, to still talk about our favorite football team. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, challenges in the world right now. 
now, but hopefully we can provide, sounds a little cliche, but hopefully tonight we can be a little bit of escape for you, kind of distance yourself away from the realities of that stuff for a couple of hours while us two knuckleheads get on here and talk about some Raider football. Gosh darn it, right. Murph, you've been retired. A lot of people thought like either I or you were fired, but that is not the case. Uh, Mikey is his own weird person, and I have a lot of delays in life, so please forgive me. But me and Murph, we are solid as ever. And like the duet said in the 70s, we are solid. Solid as a rock. That's what this love is. And that's what we've got. Solid as a rock. I'm sure they need many remixes nowadays. But real quickly, what do you want to bet that anybody besides like guys that are 40 plus in our audience know about Ashford and Simpson? Recognize. That's who they are. Oh my God! I got you, babe. Dun, 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 dun. Oh. I got you, babe. People say that we don't know where we, me and Murph, are gonna go. I got you, babe. <laughs> even Asherman and Simpson. That's another duet that we're never gonna see again. Oh, Sunny and Cher. Yes, I tell you what, man. I think that one of these days. So when we get into the doldrums of the off season, we just do a duets episode. We'll get on here. We'll do some ebony and ivory. You know what I mean? We'll do all of those. We'll do endless love. Like we'll just break them all down, brother. Uh, it's hilarious. You got me. The girl is mine. mine no, mine. no, no. She's mine. <laughs> what is that? Michael Jackson. Who? And Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, oh man. my God. We're having fun. All right. Long story short, we're going to try to keep the COVID-19 talk down to a minimum. Uh, But unfortunately, it revolves almost every story in one way or another. And we'll try to keep it strictly Raiders. But there is some Raider news with the quarantine stuff involved. So please forgive us. And I know you want to have a good time. Hopefully we can make you feel better about all this stuff by the end of this episode. And we can have a good time. So, Murph, do you have anything to say to Raider Nation before we get this Uh, big event started? First off, just thank you to to those of you that support us each and every week on the Murph's Fan Cave Podcast Network. That's where you can find the audio version of this show and all the rest of our, our Murph's Fan Cave shows, including Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're just a couple hundred away or less than a couple hundred away from hitting 2,000 subscribers. And when we hit 2,000, we're going to give away, uh, this is very self-indulgent, but it's funny. We're going to give away a Get Made t-shirt. That's the Get Made shirt that we we, we had, that we, uh, um, we sold last year to benefit the, the Blitnikoff Foundation. Me and my two co-hosts, Uncle Mosh and Swag Jeff, we're going to autograph it, and we're going to send you that, And then, but we're also going to include some Raider memorabilia, so we're going to include some really cool stuff, so it's not totally self-indulgent. But anyway, we're going to pick from the last um, couple hundred, so go to YouTube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. That's M-U-R-F-S Fan Cave, and so thank you to those of you that support us each and every week. Uh, we love you, and thank you, Mikey, for giving me a chance to say that. Murph, why 2K? Why 2K, Murph? Why 2K? Why 2K? 2K is a nice number. And when you're at like 1820 something, like it doesn't look nearly as cool as one that says 2000 and something. So, so I, I, don't, I don't think you got the reference. Why 2K? I know 2K. I know 2K. You 2K. We all 2K. We all 2K in right now. No, why 2K? Remember, that was the virus for the computers yeah, in the year 2000. That's what I'm so talking about. I don't want to hear nothing about Y2K again. Not again. <laughs> well, There's too much than- virus talk, whether it be computers or real life. 
Well, we could talk about Y2J and do a wrestling show. No, nah, honestly, get this guy to 2K. Get him to 3K. Get him to 10K. He deserves it. Thank you, Mikey. We're just, hey, all I need is like 180, like 180 of you. Like, just hook us up, man, and we'll send you free stuff. Like, come on, this is easy. There you go. Oh, and his links will be below. I hope I put them before the show. I might have forgot. They will be the, during the show. So come back a little bit later and you'll find his links below. I promise. Just remember, me, Mur Murph, I messed up. You're good, brother. Just remember Murph Fan Cave. Everybody out there, support us that way. Thank you very much. We love you. All right. It's time for the headlines. Let's get right into it. And hopefully my mouse will move. My mouse does not like me. Turn the it's light on. Quarantined. Turn the light on. It'll move. Oh, it's been on. It just freezes because of the, something with flash, the graphics or something like that. I don't know. There we go. We got it moving. All right. Here it is. It's time for the headline where we debate or we talk or we just give our opinions on certain headlines revolving the Raiders or NFL, which we truly, truly love. And we all know what's going on with, you know, COVID-19 and all that other stuff. But it was just announced recently that the NFL draft has not been postponed, that it's going to go on as scheduled on April 23rd through the 25th, I believe it is. And there's a lot of questions preceding that because originally it was supposed to be in Las Vegas where we were going to celebrate our new stadium, our new home of the Raiders. A lot of Raider Nation were going to go have events. I was going to try to get down there. Murph was going to try to get down there. But now the NFL and the world is changing, and apparently it has been suspended from the Vegas location. There have not been official details on where it's going to be, how it is going to be, but the NFL wants the ratings. So, so far, they have not postponed it. So, therefore, I ask you, Murph, your opinion on this entire NFL draft situation. Should it be postponed? How will it proceed from your perspective? And is this right or wrong for the NFL to do this? Well, first off, I'll, I'll give you a personal take on it. This sucks. Like, as a Raider fan, this is, this is. I mean, I can't tell you how much is. So I had my flight book, booked. I had my uh, hotel booked. I had everything set up. I found out after the fact that my girl, uh, Max, uh, she was going to fly out and meet me and surprise me there on that Friday. Like, it was literally going to be a week end in Vegas, uh, which is amazing with my favorite girl about my favorite team with my favorite event, like in the, I mean, like around the casinos and the, like, dude, like this was going to be, and that's, I'm one of thousands of stories. And, and so, and look, and I get it in perspective. Look, I'm going to the, the COVID talking, I understand the, the, the severity and the, and the, everything that goes on around that. So please understand that our takes tonight are, as this revolves around these things, it's with respect to what, all of the people in healthcare and all of the first responders and all those things, like those are the people that are dealing with actual problems. The fact that I had to cancel a draft trip, like boo-hoo, right? Like, so please understand that any any of our comments, me and Mikey tonight, that it is, it is, that is first and foremost. Okay. So this is not being dismissive of any of those real world things that are going on. But so yeah, this would this absolutely sucked. They had to cancel this trip. Um, a bunch of people from our uh, listeners from all the different shows were going to be there. Everyone was going to post up in these different locations and like broadcast live. And like, this was going to be such a Raider fan centric event that it just absolutely was devastating. And 
when I had to call and, and cancel my plans. And I did that before the official draft announcements got, got made. And before like MGM announced they were closing their casinos and like before all that, I just kind of saw the writing on the wall that this thing was not headed in a good direction, that the events were not going to take place, not even close to what they uh, had, had planned to do. And so without that, then, you know, it was better off to just go ahead and cancel it out. So anyways, so in terms of the draft as an overall, I don't think they're going to postpone the draft and nor should they, you still got to have a draft. Now, is it going, to be a physically attended draft <clears throat> by you know roger goodell and the owners and the players not clearly not that is not going to be the case and nor should it be you're going to have just like uh what we saw on sunday night where you have musicians getting together and performing from their living rooms you're going to get this you're going to get roger goodell at some facility <laughs> announcing the pick and then and or teams uh announcing their picks and then connecting with uh maybe that player uh virtually on a, on a skype call or a zoom call or something i mean that's probably the way it's going to go and frankly i would welcome it and i hope that you know, there's a lot of smart, creative people in NFL marketing, and I hope that they can come up with a fun, creative way to do this because it's something that we're going to, I hate to use the word need because none of us need any of this stuff. This is all, but do we need the distraction? Do we need the entertainment? Yeah, maybe we do. Cause if we're still all posting up in our houses <coughs> at, the, at the end of April, we're going to want to, you know, like I can't remember the last time I watched a sporting event and that goes again, and that's all of us. And like, that sucks, man. Like the idea of like no, no basketball and no, like all the things we're missing baseball coming up. And like, you know, that's a very, although it's, it can be frivolous at times. And yes, it can be, you know, you know, um, uh, um, your disposable income invested and I get all that, but entertainment plays a very important role in our society in terms of our self-care and keeping us mentally balanced and keeping us with that ability to be able to enjoy those events and not, uh, you know, and escape the realities of the real world for a little while for three hours at a time. And so the draft I think is going to play a huge role in that. And we'll see, uh, ultimately how they, they play it out. But, uh, I, I have faith in them and the <coughs> smart people and the creators behind the league that they'll come up with something really, really cool in terms of in, in studio type environment. Yeah. I mean, boy, I could go both sides of the fence on, on either one of these questions. I mean, selfishly, dude, I need NFL. I love the draft. Uh, I want it to happen. Uh, I don't want it to be postponed because I need it right now in my life. I'm going stir crazy every single day of my life. Mm -hmm. But then when I look at other events like the NBA playoffs and everything else being postponed, I kind of look at it like maybe that's a little selfish of the NFL and Roger Goodell to not go out on a limb and follow the trend of these other teams to protect his players. It feels like he might be doing it for ratings. Or he knows something that we don't know, that it officially, the NFL season will go on. You know, maybe he knows something that we don't know. I don't know. But I can look at it from a selfish perspective, and I don't understand why he's not following the trend. But again, selfishly, boy, do I want the NFL. And then in terms of how it should proceed, I don't have the answers. Um I know it's gonna, it might be like the 1970s draft. I mean, the 1983 draft or whatever it was where like somebody sits on a phone and then the Raiders call them up and then, you know, they take a phone call live on TV. All right. You know, that's who you're picking because apparently the teams are not even apparently going to be allowed in their facilities. They told them that you can't even be in your facilities with your, your scouts, your draft managers, your coaches and all that because it's more than 10 people to a room or whatever. And apparently 
Goodell sent them all a letter to do it without their facilities. And I don't know how it's going to proceed. I really do not get it. Are the players going to be at home? Will they have more than eight family members? I mean, you need a TV person. You need a, a, a film crew. That's two or three people right there. Um, you know, then you got four or five cousins, you know, that want to see you get drafted. Um, you're good. I, I don't know how it will work. And I think it's a shame. Again, I understand Corona, but it's in a shame for some of the NFL players and everybody's dealing with even high school students are not being able to graduate or go to their prom. I get it. But it's a shame that some of these NFL players that go to the draft are not going to experience it in Las Vegas in front of thousands of fans. And yeah, boy, this is a real tough situation for me to, to think about. Like I want it to be postponed. Like, cause I want it to go on traditionally the way it has. But then I also want it whichever way it's going to be because selfishly I need NFL in my life right now. Yeah. I don't think you can postpone it. Not if there's any expectation that the teams are going to, you know, uh, return to any normal operations. Like you've got to have the draft at the time in which the draft is scheduled. Like you can't, you've got to get the players, you know, now normally I would say you got to get them on the roof and you got to get, but you got to at least at a minimum, even though they're not going to be in a facility, you got to start getting them involved with the team activities. And you could do so much of that nowadays, virtually, you know, the reason that they haven't canceled it is because it's not a, like the other leagues have is that it's not a gathering. I mean, it's a gathering for us as fans and you know, so that, so those parts of it have been canceled, but the actual draft itself, the selection of players, you can do all that stuff and not have people gather up and, you know, as far as having the young men walk, like I feel you, man. And you know, my my uncle, my co-host is a is is a high school educator and coach and and teacher and and you know, he's all these kids. You know what I mean? Like they don't get to, they're not going to get to experience uh, their last year of high school and all the things that come associated with that, and that's that's sad. And so. But we're all doing that. We're all sacrificing something. I just, you know, talked about, you know, my draft, potential draft experience. So many other people have that same story. So many people are, have all these stories of sacrifice. And again, that's not the kind of sacrifice that they're talking about in the real world where people are putting their lives on the line. But I'm talking about like sacrificing life events. And here's one of them. These guys are going to have to sacrifice their ability to walk in on stage and hug Roger Goodell and get their number one jersey and doing that whole thing. Um, you know, but they are going to still be able to connect. You know, you mentioned like having like a film crew and things like that. I don't, I don't have that same vision. I think what we're going to see is a lot of like, what's uh like NFL primetime. You're going to see um, uh, with, with like with Deion Sanders, you ball, you get the call. And what do you, what do you see these guys? They're on their freaking phones. They got their AirPods in and they're, they're interviewing with Deion Sanders. Like Deion's typically yeah. the, the correspondent that meets the guys on the stage, right? Well, so you have Dion virtually connect with these guys after every pick gets announced or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of spitballing, but yeah, I, it's, I, I it's think scary. The logistics, but I think there's a way to do it. I think, and, and I think that it's important. And I think you have to, if we're going to have any, any kind of a shot to resume the NFL season, you got to get the players assigned to the teams. Like, I mean, that's why we had free agency, right? They didn't delay that. They announced those, those selections or those signings. Those still happened. So, I mean, we're just yeah. going to do it with the draft. It would normally fly out players like the day after the draft and they would sign contracts maybe a week or two later. Then they'd have like a rookie mini camp within a week or two. Yeah. And none of, none of that's going to happen. I mean, none of that is nope. going to happen. No, but you can send 
Tua the playbook, or playbook. you know what I mean, like or Justin Ooh, Herbert, or whoever. You said Tua. You said Tua. Is that a, pro a proclamation of who might be a Raider? I'm just saying, I'm a big fan of left-handed son bitch quarterbacks that uh, that son wear bitch. the number twelve and win national championships. Because I'm a big Kenny Stabler fan, so you know what I mean. If Tua is the next incarnation of the snake, come on with it. Let's go. All right, and then we'll quickly stay on this topic. But Roger Goodell sent a memo most of the NFL teams, and let's just get that memo on screen. Let me take off the other thing. Here's the memorandum he sent to NFL teams, and let's read it because it's very interesting, and I wanted to talk about this. The memorandum went on to say to all NFL clubs, because of the unique circumstances in our country today, the 2020 draft will obviously need to be conducted in a different way. Already, we have canceled all public events. We will not be bringing prospects and their family to the draft, and the draft itself will be conducted and televised in a way that reflects our current conditions. Our staff is certainly mindful of the operational issues this presents, and our top priority is putting in place procedures that allow all clubs to operate on a level playing field so that the draft is conducted in a way that is complete, competitively fair to all clubs. All clubs should now be doing the necessary planning to conduct the draft operations in a location outside of your facility with a limited number of people present and with sufficient technology resources to allow you to communicate internally with other clubs and with the draft headquarters. Needless to say, we will. Clubs have already, this is the big statement, clubs have already reached out to us to discuss particular issues, and we encourage clubs with questions or concerns to continue to raise them with me, the members of the CEC, and or our staff. The CEC was also clear, and I share the committee's view that the public discussion of issues relating to the draft serves no useful purpose and is ground for disciplinary actions. That is a big statement if I've ever saw one from Roger Goodell trying to silence clubs uh, what do you say on that aspect? Do you have any ill will toward Goodell? What is he trying to do? I'd like to know from your perspective. I think that what he does is that that is his way of disassociating from any personal opinion. I mean, we, we've seen uh, numerous times players get on the old Twitter and uh, fire off something that uh, they probably didn't need to fire off. And, uh, and hit send before their brains caught up. We've already seen a lot of celebrities um, post things that are, um, we'll just say they lack self-awareness and are very self-indulgent and, you know, very inconsiderate and insensitive during these times. And the NFL doesn't want to get involved in that. And I don't blame them. So if this is their way of telling everybody, look, shut up about this thing, you're not going to change it by going on and singing John Lennon songs on Twitter. So don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't be obnoxious with, with the way that you're treating this because there's a, there's a sensitivity. And that's why at the top of this show, even I sit on our dopey little thing we do in here. I'm saying it like this is anything we say is not without reverence to what is going on, the reality of, and the severity of it, first and foremost. So the NFL is disassociating themselves from any of those people that would take uh, umbrage with whatever it is and just letting them know, look, shut up. Don't talk about it because, and I think, and here's the useful verbiage in there 
is he said will not provide any useful purpose. And that's the thing is that you can't change it. You're not going to change it. You're not going to improve it. You're not going to make the world better. And this is where I said about these like knucklehead celebrities that, that, that do these videos or say these things or, you know, whatever. You're not changing anything, but you think you can because you're freaking in movies. Like, shut up already. Like, just like, seriously, like, just dance. Like, just entertain us. That's what we need. You know what I mean? Like, and here I'll give you an example. Like, like Tom Hanks' wife, Rita Wilson. I don't know if you saw the video of her um, singing the hip-hop hooray. Like, that hip-hop was hooray. Like, there was nothing self-indulgent about that. There was nothing, like, she wasn't, there was no, like, she didn't take herself so seriously. She didn't, she was just funny. She was entertaining, and that's what we need. Entertainers be entertaining. Football players, we need you to play football. I don't need your opinion. Like, I don't need to know how you feel about it. I get it, man. We already, already, we already, already know. And I'm Roger Goodell knows you already know, and we already know. So everybody just be quiet about it, and let's get through this damn thing. Everybody just stay at home, wash your freaking hands, and let's get through this thing so we can return back to normal life. Here's the funny thing about that statement is it was leaked by an NFL reporter from the Chiefs locker room. So he says, we don't want you to talk about any of this or the draft process, but then that letter gets leaked by the NFL and, and, and from the Super Bowl champions locker room to I forget one of the NFL ESPN reporter. I think it was Adam Ian at Rappaport or one of these other Adam Richmond. I don't know their names, but um, I have a different take on you from 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 that subject. Um, he wrote, "Don't talk about the process of the draft." Uh, so I don't think he wants anybody to know how they're going to do the draft, meaning whether they're going to film it, they're going to be inside a studio, if they're going to have announcers at houses or if they're going to do it you know, from backyard, I, I don't know. So when he wrote, I don't want anybody to talk about the process of it. I just felt like because he might make some choices on how to do it himself and his staff that many people, maybe 60% would not agree with. And they'll be like, why are you going to do it that way when you can do it this way? So he's telling them, don't talk about the process. It ain't going to help. Like it ain't Like you said, it ain't going to change nothing. But I think everybody should, especially NFL teams, should have a say-so in how the draft is done. Because in that letter, he specifically tells you, do, you we're closing down facilities. You're going to have to do it somewhere else, you know, uh, with less people. I think there's it's already hindering the team. I think there's a lot of assumptions made there, though. And this is something that, that I've run into with Raider Nation a lot in the past is that so many times when people form their opinions, they make the assumptions that Mark Davis and John Gruden don't talk. They make the assumption that Mark Davis and Mike Mayock don't talk. We're making the assumption that Robert Kraft and whoever else, you know, uh, Mark Davis and uh, the, the Maras and that they're all not talking. Well, of course they are. So like, you know, so this is, this is meant for the players, you know, maybe the coaches, front office people. This is made for those people like just shut up about it. We're going to do our best with it and we'll get this thing figured out. But you got to remember Roger Goodell is his salary is paid by the owners. He's employed by NFL owners. So whatever he's going to do, he's not some freaking like independent operating dude. Like he's going to do it in conjunction with the owners and the owners own the freaking team. So I think that let's not make that assumption that there's like a lack of communication between the teams and Goodell. Of course that, that's there is. And so I think he's telling the employees essentially shut up about it. 
because the employees, I don't get, look, I could go, I work for a big company, a global company. I could go on social media and bitch all I want about the way they are or aren't doing things, which they happen to do be handling everything fantastically, but say they weren't and I didn't like it. What am I going to change by griping about it? Absolutely nothing. So don't be so self-indulgent. Just shut up about it and freaking, uh, you know, follow your orders. Do, you know, let the leaders lead. So <laughs> I, I, I can understand, man. But again, I have a little hatred toward Goodell. And I'm like, why are you trying to act like a mob boss and silence your critics? Let it go. All right, let's move on. Let me uh, see if I can move my mouse. You know what? All those, anybody involved, all they got to do is, hey, look, they don't have to play. Just stop getting your checks, and you can say whatever the hell you want. Is that important to you? Is that important to you for free speech? You know what I mean? You can say whatever you want. You still can. You're just going to face disciplinary action. So if it's that freaking important to you, then go ahead. Just say what you got to say, and don't worry about having a job in the NFL anymore. I mean, it's a job. It's a job. It's a company. It's a business. It's a job. It's a business. Merciful and crazy. I I had this this graphic that I didn't even put up during that whole conversation with a fool I am. Look at this. I made a graphic, a badly, but but I, I did a graphic. <laughs> All right, let's move on to oh, some boy. free agency news. Uh, this is a big topic. The Raiders went out and signed Marcus Mariota, as many of us believe, to a backup deal. And the deal, this is not the total number that he's going to get, but it's a two-year deal worth up. To thirty-seven and a half million dollars. It's basically a two-year, seventeen point five million, with plenty of incentives to get him up to thirty-seven and a half million within two years. That is a lot of incentives to throw at one person. So, I ask you the question: What is the Mariota contract with the incentives? What does that mean for Derek Carr's future as a Raider? Okay, so. I I don't get into Twitter battles or storms about anything, but if if there ever was one that I caught a lot of feedback, uh, it would be on my opinion on on this whole thing. Okay, I saw your tweet. You said you still think he's an effing backup. I saw that tweet or that Facebook. I saw that. All right. Well, I'd say effing, but yeah, I said you still want to. You still think he's a backup? And yeah. so here's the thing. So, uh. Marcus Mariota did not get signed to that contract with the intent of guaranteeing him a backup role. Okay. When we look at the entire history of Derek Carr's uh, tenure with the Raiders, he's had who Connor cook, Matt McGloin, AJ McCarron, Peterman, uh, who am I missing? We'll just throw some other random, random ones. Mike Glennon, Deshaun Kaiser, right? You look at the caliber of guys that have played behind Derek Carr None of them have been the caliber of Marcus Mariota. Now you can have Matt Flinch, Matt Flinch, Matt Flynn. You can have any opinion about any of these guys uh, or about, about any of these guys that you want. But like the bottom line is, is that no one has been a long-term starter in the league with the success that Marcus Mariota has had. Yes. I know he didn't go crazy and win super bowls and all that kind of stuff. He did. He wouldn't leave uh, Tennessee, but he did go into Kansas city and win a playoff game after being down by 18 points, which is something that the man on the left has never done. The man on the left has a five and 45 record when he's gone down by 10 or more points in a football game. And the track record is not that good. So what I'm thinking, what I think and what I feel and really know 
Marcus Mariota was brought in as a position to challenge Derek Carr for a starting job. I don't think Mariota is going anywhere in the else in the league besides the Titans without that at least a shot to compete for his position as starting quarterback. So I put out the tweet and and I said, do you think after the details of the contract came out, I said, do you still think he's a backup? Now, listen, I'm no dope. I understand that he's going to be a freaking backup. I get it. And I get that $7.5 million guaranteed is backup money. I get it. But he also has $47 million over two years that the guy can earn in incentives. Now, granted, a lot of that is if he goes on and wins a Super Bowl and doesn't a lot of craziness. But the whole point of his contract is that should you go in and be a starter and should you grow into a successful role with this organization, you're going to get paid starter money. Well, that doesn't equate to a backup role. That's not somebody that's just going to come in and hold down the fort and the clipboard and the number two spot and do whatever you know DC says. That's not what this is this man is genuinely going to get an opportunity to compete for the job and should Derek God forbid and I don't you know don't even want to speak it out loud but say he should get injured or say he just doesn't play well well guess what Marcus Mariota is going to come in there and he's going to be at least a good fit for the system He's a they good bench fit. car last year versus the Jets. Whether people believe it or not, they benched him versus the Jets at the end of the game. And this dude's a good fit with that with that John Gruden offense. He's a good, hardworking young man. And I say young, he's young. He's two years younger than Derek Carr. Like, look, I'm telling you, the Raiders are no stranger to reclamation projects. Neither is John Gruden, especially at the quarterback position. I'm just saying this, Raider Nation. I'm not penciling him in, and I'm not a Mariota honk. That's the other thing I heard, too. Oh, you just like Mariota. You just like... No, I don't. I like the next guy. I like the next guy that's going to either, one, take us to a position to be more competitive, or two... Or two, if he can drive Derek Carr to be as successful as Derek Carr was in 2016, then I'm all for that too. And as of right now today, Derek Carr is my favorite quarterback in the NFL because he's the starting quarterback of the Oak, or, excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. So because of that, he's my favorite guy. But in t- the day he's not, I won't be a Derek Carr fan anymore because I'll be a fan of the next guy because I'm a Raiders fan first and foremost <laughs> for overall. And look, d- d- the bottom line is this, Derek Carr struggled in pressure positions. He struggled on the road. Look, I want my team and our team to be better than 2-10 and 10 all-time versus Kansas City, 0-6 at Kansas City, right? Like, only been to the playoffs once. It wasn't his fault he broke his leg, but like, I want him to be better in cold weather. I want him to be better on 4th and 1. I want him to be better. And if Marcus Mariota pushes him to be better, then great. That's all I'm saying. And if, and if, it, and if Mariota ends up winning the job, then that's freaking great too. I don't care. I just want the W's. I want, as my co-host Swag Jeff said, I want the left column to have more numbers in it than the right column. And whoever gets us there, that's all I care about. So anyway. I love it. I mean, look, this is the topic of the year. Uh, Derek Carr has doubters now. Uh, Many so, maybe 50-50 in terms of Raider Nation. Um, And it's well-deserved. I mean, let's be honest. It's well-deserved for Derek Carr. Uh, He played so great in 2016, but we can't keep holding our head on 2016. Because if you think about that, he got his his contract the next year. That was a contract year. A lot of players play good in that contract year. I don't know why, but all of a sudden they play really good. They get a big contract, then they suck after, barring injury case. But what does this mean for Derek Carr's future? 
It means he's got two years, if that. Because think about it. The contract is exactly the amount that's left on Derek Carr's contract. They gave Mariota a caliber, a starting caliber quarterback, a two-year deal worth up to almost the exact amount in incentives that Derek Carr is getting per season, like $20-21 million a year. This means Derek Carr has two years, if that. That means Derek Carr is being watched by John Cruden. Derek Carr, where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's been a lot of smoke in terms of media reports, NFL reports about their This is the proof. Mariota, Mayock, and Gruden both loved him. They had him high on their list when they were draft analysis in 2014 or 15. Ever Mariota was drafted. You could watch that video online. They said he was the best quarterback they've seen. Gruden says that with every quarterback, but I trust in Mayock. <laughs> May- Mayock had him as the number one. So that's why Mayock went out and got their guy. That's why they gave Mariota all these incentives. It wasn't to piss people off or overpay him. It's because they wanted to get their guy. Mariota, you know he had offers for other teams to maybe even be a starter, whether it be Miami or other places. So they gave him all these incentives, and Mariota made the choice, and he spoke about it. He said there's a big Tongan community in Las Vegas. He also said that he wants a chance to become a starter. He believes where there's smoke, there's fire with Derek Carr. And you know that they told him, hey, you know, we're, we're watching their car. And there's a good opportunity for you here. So Mariota's like, all right, let's do it. So the truth is, Derek Carr, you are being watched. Your future is on the line. And you got one year this year to prove it. Or Mariota might be in the starting position come 2021. That's just my opinion on it. This is a big deal, Raider Nation. This is a big deal in terms of confidence for Derek Carr. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you, Mikey. I think that he's going to be challenged for the first time ever, and it's time to put up or shut up, man. Like, it, look, this is year six, man, and we're talking about a prove-it year for, for Derek Carr. Like, come on, man. Like, you know, we just – and I and this is not to absolve the rest of the team from any responsibility. I get he's been through a lot of coaching changes, you know, whether that be coordinators early on in his career, head coaching changes. The defense has struggled a lot at times. Like – I get it, man. It's a team sport. It's the ultimate team sport. But ultimately, when you look at who his peers are and you look at the way that they have responded in similar situations, just going to say what it is, man. Derek Carr is underperformed. It's just it's just the way it is, man. It's the bottom line. And and he can't anymore. Like he can't they can't afford that anymore. You can't afford to let him have those those stats at those times that you do. And when you look at Mariota, uh, you know, just as an example, he's a guy that has similar stats under a completely different context that, you know, Derek Carr, a lot of his stats that's turned him into the all-time passing leader for this organization have come when things don't count. 
I mean, you know, when you on a, on a final drive, when you check down six times to Jalen Richard, you know what I mean? And you got 75 yards and a hundred percent completion percentage. And then your team kicks a field goal and still loses by 10 or whatever. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it looks good on a stat line, but it doesn't do anything for uh, the context of victory. And Marcus Mariota has had a different set of circumstances in the way that he has built his stat lines and then you have the additional dynamic of him being able to run you have the dynamic of him being able to be creative in the offense i think even before we see him ever take a starting role we're gonna see him on the field he'll we watch him well i mean he did it with tennessee he'll go line up at fullback or wide receiver or wherever like this is a super talented man like he's fast like i mean you think about the prototype of the of the quarterback in today's NFL, man. It's much more Marcus Mariota than it is Derek Carr. So again, I'm just saying, man, like it's it is it's 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 a challenge for Carr. And and I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna shut up and I want to move on from it. I hope this motivates Derek. I'm rooting for him. Like, despite all my criticism and anything, like you're really genuinely rooting for the guy. I like him as a man. He's an awesome father, Christian mentor. Like he's great. Like I love the fact that my kids like Derek Carr. Like I, I dig him, man. I want him to be good, but I also am more of a Raider fan. I'm not the cult of Carr. I'm the religion of the Raiders, man. I want the whole thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? So anyways, I'll shut up now. Oh, I never heard of the cult of Carr. Some, some Raider guy's going to start that dude. Some Raider dude is going to start. Start the cult of car. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably be a member for a week because I was a cult member and dude where's right in my car. I might well be a, I'm already a cult member for Raider Nation. So let's, let's. There might be a couple already out there that are starting up, man. I'm just saying. Oh, the cult of car. The cult of Derek Carney. The cult <laughs> of personality. All right, whatever. But you know when Derek Carr lost me, kind of, was on that. Four, I don't know the exact specifics, but it was like fourth down and three. We were on our goal line. We were down by like 20 or fourth and one. We were down by like 28 points with like, you know, like a minute left. And he throws the ball out of bounds on fourth and one. I was like, huh? I'm stupid normally, Derek Carr. But my goodness, I just throw the ball or dive or put it in your chest. Do something. Just throw it to the other guy. At least let somebody catch it. Something you gotta give your guys a chance to make a play. And you know, and the other one I put up online this week was uh the one where he threw the pick six to Marcus Peters opening night of uh, Gr- John Gruden's first game back at the Oakland Coliseum. I was the only time in my life I've ever sat in the black hole. Uh, I was actually it was in the black hole during that game. It was a beautiful setting, it was a beautiful night, the Oakland Coliseum. And Derek Carr throws a pick six. Uh, granted, Jared Cook stumbled on the route, but he, he throws a pick six to Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters, nice. Marcus Peters seals the game, grabs his junk while diving backwards into the end zone as an homage to Marshawn because Marshawn's his guy, right? So, and I'm like, look, if that doesn't piss you off, at a minimum, Raider Nation, as you can be a fan of any player you want. At a minimum, if that doesn't piss you off and push you to desire a different result, then I don't know what to tell you. And there's only one guy that threw that pass. So I'm going to hold him accountable for it. You know what I mean? Like, stop doing that. Stop throwing interceptions to Marcus Peters. It's driving us nuts, you know? So anyways, all right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Let's move on, please. All right, we'll move on after this. Real quick, just in the preseason when Derek Carr won his job over Matt Flynn, he had not a care in the world. And he would throw dimes down 30 yards down the field. 
But that's why Mariota's been brought in because Derek Carr no longer throws the ball down the field. He doesn't no longer trust himself. And Mariota, even though he gets sacked and all that, he at least throws the ball down the field. And Derek Carr, for the latter part of two and a half, three years, has given up on throwing the ball down the field. Hey, I got a question for you. Here's another one that hit me too. And I said I was done. I, I lied. <laughs> so here's the other thing. All right. So when we talk about players that make others better around them, right? Name nope, me, nope. and this is seriously, and I and I could only land on really one big one. Name me the signature play of the positive, not the negatives. And I'm not talking about breaking a leg and fumbling the ball through the end zone and that and Marcus Peters picks. I'm not talking about that. Name me the one positive signature play, signature highlight for Derek Carr. Uh, it's the first down where he jumps, like in the, when he's running on the sidelines and he jumps for a first down, and then he goes like this or something, and then the whole team, we went down and scored, and we won that game. I don't remember the actual game, but that's the highlight that stands out to me. That's a really that good one. Down. That's a really good one. The one that jumped out at me at the top of the page is the, the dime he threw to the back of the end zone of Michael Crabtree against Baltimore uh, to win that game like in Baltimore. Like, that was huge, right? Like, so there, there are a couple. But when you look at Marcus Mariota or a lot of other quarterbacks, there's a lot more than that. There's a lot more evidence of them elevating others around them and those signature plays. And Derek, we just want more of those, bro. You got them in you, man. We know you. We've seen you be great. We've seen you do this. You can do this. And I hope he does. I gotcha. All right. More COVID disaster news. Uh, well, again, even though we're having the draft on time, uh, there's still going to be like delays in mini camps, OTAs, will they go on as preceded? Will they lose mini camps to get the rookie up to speed? How is this all going to work? I mean, so the question I ask is, should the NFL, and again, you're probably going to say this the same way as draft, but should they postpone the season or maybe even delay it for a few weeks? Or should they shorten the preseason? Or just what are your, what is the long-term outcome for the NFL season from your perspective during this um, outbreak, if it's right now today, then we don't, we are literally taking this whole thing day by day. I think as of today, there is no way that the off season of the NFL doesn't get impacted dramatically by this. Whether that's cancellations, and it can only be cancellations because where they make their money is the start of the season. I think the start of the season is far enough away. We're talking about September. Right, We're still far enough out of that. You can even get into canceling preseason games, which gives you August. So for us to return to a little bit of normalcy by the end of August, I don't see that as being uh, as much of a challenge at this point. Okay, But that's, that's today. But everything else in between, you know, thankfully the NFL has some really doldrum months when it comes to June and July. It gets really hot viruses have a have you know it's a challenge for them to to continue their 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 patterns and their 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 whatever dominance yeah exactly so i think that it, it's got a lot going for it in terms of the regular season but i don't see any way that like i think otas and mini camps and stuff those are just going to be gone any any of those voluntary workouts any of that stuff i think that stuff is going to be completely gone I mean, from what last that I've been made aware of, at least the way I understand it, 
is that the original projections that the president made was that this thing was going to, we weren't going to be all the way out of it until like July. And that the whole point was that we got to flatten the curve out to get through the next couple of months or the next month even. And then hopefully we can then by the end of July, yes, there will still be these things. There will still be, you know, sporadic instances of it. But once you get past the peak, you know, once you get past the, the, you know, the, the increasing rate of contagion and death and all that stuff, daily once you get past that then you can start to return back to normalcy well so that takes us all the way through those times so i don't know any way that you can i mean i don't see and i know different states have different laws and things like that but you know the california you can't be unfair you can't say okay new york teams and california teams you don't get to do this but hey y'all in florida go nuts like you know what i mean you can't do that so it's got to be something fair for everybody so i think ultimately there's no other way to to conclude this thing that it's going to be impacted. Those off season activities are going to be canceled. So you don't think that they're going to play or shorten the season to like 10 games or something like that. They will absolutely not shorten the season because that's where they make their money. Everything is built on the TV contracts and the TV contracts are built on now what's going to be a 17 game season and then the playoffs. And that's where they make their money. So they're, if they're going to, they'll lose preseason games. They'll lose all these off season things. They'll connect virtually as much as they can. They'll get in small groups to meet and to run routes. You know, you think about like players getting together, like, you know, so-and-so and so, you know, Derek Carr and, and, uh, and Ty Williams get together and run routes or whatever at a, at a, at a, at a local high school or something. Like you could see those kinds of things unfolding, but in terms of like the organized activities, I'll bet you not dude. And they're not going to sacrifice the regular season. Uh, it, they'll do everything they can to not do that they'll sacrifice everything else first yeah uh, i mean i think they should shorten the preseason i don't know i think two games uh you know uh i think that might get some teams but again there's gonna be no otas or there's gonna be differences or variances or it's gonna be too close to the nfl season normally they have like a, a mini camp or an ota that they go home relax for a little while they come back they go home again you know during june july like you said then they come back for the official training camp, then they start the preseason. Again, some of those are going to be delayed or canceled or whatever. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and again, some of these young players are not going to get up to snuff uh, with with everything early on. So what type of product are we going to get, you know, starting the regular season? Um, I think it's going to be low-scoring games. Uh, a lot of players are, are possibly going to get injured and – we're not going to have like a regular traditional NFL type season until like maybe week five or six, you know, where maybe they're kind of figuring everything out. And that's why in my mind, I was like, just shorten the season three or four games, but you're right. They're not going to do it for money. The ratings are going to be spectacular. I mean, you know, everybody's going to want to watch a Monday night football game, a Sunday night football kickoff or whatever it is because of the Corona fears. And we're going to be ready to get back to some sort of normalcy in our life. So you're right. I don't see them shortening the season, but boy, what type of product are we going to get? And I fear for some of the young players by mission camps or OTAs, and they don't have the knowledge like the veterans do to self-train at home, you know, like a Jerry Rice or a Charles Woodson or whoever. They don't have the knowledge. I agree. I don't with you. Know, man. We might effectively seeing these see these guys have you know the equivalent of two rookie years because I'm with you in it. You know, with the with the last CBA, 
and the reduction in off-season activities and all that and the player meetings and all that stuff, we already saw that it almost took like four to six weeks for these guys to really find their groove and for the games to really come together. The officiating, same thing. Like, I mean, what about that? What about the officials, man? Like, I mean, it's everything. Like, I'm with you. What kind of product are we going to see? And look, if, if, if a couple of guys like us on a, on a YouTube show can consider that, you darn sure uh, right that the NFL is considering that at this point. Because I'm with you, dude. Like, Because if the product starts to suffer, that's when the thing starts to unravel a little bit. Um, because then, yeah, who wants to go spend, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars uh, to potentially risk infection to watch an inferior to watch an, in, to watch an inferior product like no one's going to want to do that so the nfl will take it very very seriously and i'm sure we'll we'll find look here's the cool thing about stuff like this is that i mentioned earlier the nfl is a lot of smart marketing people there's a lot of smart coaches there's a lot of smart people that are involved in this league and there's a lot of smart people in all areas of big industry, which is what the NFL is. They'll come up with something inventive. They'll do something. And this is where the, uh, you know what I mean? This is where the, uh, the innovation comes out of things. You're faced with a challenge, and then you have to innovate your way through it. And I, I'm going to trust that they'll innovate their way through it, and they'll figure out a way to get it done so that the product doesn't completely suffer like what you're suggesting. Because I'm with you. It's a serious concern at this point. Yeah, I mean, America or the world as a whole might be barely getting out of the Corona crisis, if you will, around that time. How many people are literally going to want to go out of their house to a packed stadium with 60,000 people with all these fears in their head? Will they not have an audience like wrestling is? I watched wrestling recently without an audience and Murph, I, I, it doesn't work for me. I know football will work for me, but I, it doesn't work for me in terms of wrestling. So are they going to, take five seats away from every person, every patron, and have them self-distance themselves in the games? Boy, this this world, man, I'll we just, are not going to see the same world in about a year from now. I'll just say this. I'm glad that you mentioned that the NFL can work without any home fans because we've seen the Chargers do that for years now. <laughs> oh, I love you. Thank you for getting in a Charger dig. <laughs> Thank you for getting in a Charger dig. All right. Well, I'm just like, say the NFL like kickoff eight, will be interesting. Yeah, there's like eight Charger fans. Trust me, we got a couple closeted Charger fans here on this channel. All right, it's time for the review segment. Hey, we don't Where, judge alternative lifestyles. If you choose to be a Charger fan, it's on you, man. Just, just don't. <laughs> hey, right. just don't do it in my backyard, okay? Oh my goodness! Come on, Mouse. My Mouse does not like me. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. It's not my mouse. People are like, change the battery. No, it's it has something to do with the graphics, like the flash, like it shuts my, my mouse off. I don't know why. Or maybe the radio waves and the wireless mouse. I don't know. All right, long story short, the Raiders just had their free agency. Um, and my quick personal opinion, I think they were more active this free agency than I've seen them in five years. Yeah. They went out and did things that the Raider fans have been asking for for the latter part of five years. Linebackers! So let's quickly go over the free agency. So the quick question I ask you, or the first question, is what is your instant reaction to this year's Raiders free agency, Murph? Uh, there's a serious shift in leadership that I see happening here. 
I love the Jason Witten signing, not so much from an X's and O's perspective, but from the idea that he's going to provide leadership to uh, to an offense that, uh, you know, look, what happens if if Derek Carr gets dethroned as your starting quarterback? Then that's going to have a void in leadership. Not that Marcus Mariota can't be a leader, but he's more of that Eli Manning type more so than he is the Drew Brees type, right? So you're going to need somebody like a Jason Witten to fill that void in the locker room. Uh, not void, but like to fill that role, I should say, uh, on and off the field. And so I love it. I think, and especially when you have two young guys like Foster Moreau and Darren Waller who are still, you know, in the early stages of their career and uh, could use somebody like this. I think that, you know, Moreau and Waller could end up being a really serious um, threat to the league in terms of on-field play. And I know that it's uh, kind of a funky name to bring up, but, you know, Hernandez and Gronk were like the last great, um, you know, dual threat tight end, uh, you know, that we've seen in the league. I think these guys have that potential to be that. And they're so much different in the way that they play um, just in terms of skill set. So Witten is the perfect go between and look, and he's still got hands. He can still get open a little bit. He'll be a red zone target. Like, so I, I love that, that idea of bringing in uh, leadership and that level. And then from, so the, like, and that's really the offensive side. And then Mariota, you could even consider that there too. Like there's, there's, they're good guys, right? And then you go to the other side. So not only are they good guys, at least by all Real accounts. Quickly, the, the reason why I got them in blue is because they're all cowboys. They're all cowboys, <laughs> I exactly. To, I wanted to point that fact out. And there's your Rod Marinelli factor right there. Uh, and right. then on the defensive side, you know, not only do you, do you see some good guys in there, but these are some ballers right here. Like these are guys like, and I don't know how, how detailed we're going to get on breaking down each, each player, but I'll just give you a quick on the, on the linebackers, Corey Littleton and Kwiatkowski, as I learned is how you pronounce his name. Both of these guys can cover dude. And not only can Kwiatkowski cover, but he can get after the quarterback, but Corey Littleton, dude, like let's not forget this guy picked off Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Like this guy's legit, man. Like he's a freaking playmaker. And that's what we've lacked is is a, on a lot of positions frankly is playmakers we've locked guys that can you know tire whitehead rang up 109 tackles or whatever the heck it was that he had this year but he didn't record a sack a fumble a recovered fumble a pass breakup an interception like he didn't record any stats so he didn't change the game all he did was tackle people when they ran close to him you know what and i say all but you know what i'm saying littleton is not that guy littleton's the guy that's going to also win that same super bowl he also broke up a pass that tom brady threw over the middle so, so he's 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 a playmaker. Kwiatkowski, this guy, same kind of dynamic, is able to cover in in open space. Didn't get as much playing time as like with somebody like Littleton did. But again, I mentioned the idea that he can rush the quarterback. We've seen him go in and and pass rush against players like uh, Aaron Rodgers and against the, the the Packers and create a lot of freaking disruption in the backfield. But then also. There's footage out there. If you look for it, this guy can run. So there was one in particular where, you know, we play that like cover two style defense, right? Where that middle linebacker has to drop and cover like a middle to deep middle portion of the field uh, at, at times. And Tyre Whitehead got burned notoriously all year long in that role last year. We, there's footage out there. This guy keeping up his space. Now, he's not taking off from the line of scrimmage and running step for step with this guy all the way downfield, but he picks him up in the middle of the field and he follows him into the deep middle part of the field before he turns him over to a safety and he's freaking on Tyreek Hill. Like, come on! You got a guy that can run I with Tyreek Hill for freaking like 20, 30 yards or 25 yards? 
or maybe not even that much. Maybe it was 15. But still, point being, he kept up with Tyreek Hill for the portion of the field that he was responsible for. Like He's a special teamer as well. He can kick PATs. He's kicked two PATs out of three. Nick Kwiatkowski or whatever his name is. Kwiatkowski. Quit. Quit. That should be his, his sack celebration or interception because I call it quiet. So he should go quiet. Owski. Like quiet, <laughs> made you do an ouchie. I don't. Ouchie. Yeah, man, I'm excited about those two guys. And then real quick, you know, at Nassib is a great uh, addition because he'll be able to play versatile. He can get outside and inside to free up, hopefully, Ferrell and uh, and of course Max, who, who you know doesn't need as much help. I think Apple is your day one starter, uh, opposite of Daryl Worley. Heath is really? also. You think you think Eli Apple's the starter? Wow. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think that they were all in on Chris Harris, and once they couldn't get right on the money on on either side i think that eli apple was then the targeted starter and uh and then i love jack jeff heath and i think is going to be a great addition hopefully maybe in relief i'm thinking there might be a chance we could draft a safety we'll see um but uh i, I think definitely in, in relief so you got like you know your 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 backfield back there uh your backfield your defensive secondary back there you're looking at like you know your heath and obviously abram and then eric harris right like let's like start to flesh out a little bit joiner is your 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 slot cover and then Collins, man, same thing as as Nassib gives a little bit more of an interior presence, although that's all he does because he's a tackle. But where Nassib can move in and out, uh, but man, Collins, dude, like that's that's great, man. Like th- there's a lot of impact, and then there's a lot of depth, and then offensively, there's a lot of leadership. The only thing I'm not looking forward to is Nelson Aguilar drop passes because he's we've had enough people that can do that. So hopefully, the, I don't know what's going on with that that signing there. And then the last <laughs> thing, and I'll say this before, and I'll shut up. Eric Cush. Oh, his jersey's going to sell. A thousand million cop, uh, versions of the Cush jersey. And especially, he put up an Instagram post that said Cush69. Every stoner in the Inland Empire oh is going to buy two of these things so they can wear one and then put one up on the wall. <laughs> Remember that quarterback named Garcia that the Raiders signed for one year? Ooh, Jeff Garcia? Jeff- yeah, it's because he sold jerseys. We got a big Latin fan base, man. You know how many jerseys were sold with Garcia on the back? I'm being honest. Hey, as a reason I wanted a Lewis Murphy jersey. There and you go. Biggest mistake of my Raider fandom in terms of apparel goes. They had, that was the year, or one of those years that Lewis Murphy was with us. They had the AFL, the old school, the silver uh, numbers with the black outline. And there was a mm-hmm. number 18 AFL Murphy jersey and I didn't buy it because I'm like I don't want to spend the money that was dumb because now you can't find him anywhere and that would have been badass because those jerseys were slick and it would have my name on it uh, well the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had Murphy's for a while as well they also had a player named Bowen which is close to Bauer for me so I was thinking oh, about nice. that nice nice but nice I, uh, yeah let's just quickly take an overall look I mean my instant reaction again to free agency was Fantastic. Uh, they were very active even before free agency began, basically. And they went out and got linebackers, which they solidified. I don't know truly the positions, if they're really a middle linebacker or a linebacker, but they solidified the outside linebacker position. And I think they're going to, this will propel into the draft where I think they're really going to get one of the three coveted middle linebackers that are in the draft. So that way they got outside linebackers that also can play middle linebacker as they have with the Bears and the Rams, as you will. So they got depth in case of an injury. 
you know, they're probably going to draft a middle linebacker early. And then now you got these veterans and these players on the outside that can get the job done to help this rookie rookie out. Uh, so I love what they did. I was finally happy they went out and got linebackers. They clearly went defensive this draft, which means that they don't trust rookies on defense as much because they really went defense. So, you know, they're trying to build the foundation on defense with veteran players or younger players, but with some veteran leadership because they don't want to rely on rookies as much as they did last season. Uh, And it was kind of interesting that they went out and got a a pretty good veteran for depth in Eric Cush. I don't know what that meant for Gabe Jackson because there are rumors he's being traded or shopped. We also got Incognito and all that other stuff. And then the Jason Witten signing, I, I think he, he's overpaid. Uh, I don't understand the signing, but we do have the best tight end room in the entire NFL to date uh, with our, our players. And Jason Witten, I think he was also brought in not only for veteran leadership and knowing the game plan, he's a good red zone threat. Darren Waller only had three touchdowns uh, last season, and he had over a thousand yards. Jason Witten had six touchdowns in like 300 yards yeah. last season. So, <laughs> you know, that, that just shows you his red zone presence. But Jason Witten has worked with Tony Romo. Jason Witten has worked with Dak Prescott. Jason Witten is no slouch to speaking his voice. He even called out the owner of the Cowboys at one time a couple of years back. So he will call out Derek Carr in the red zone and for not throwing the ball and not believing in himself, he will call out Derek Carr. So I think he will light a fire because the automatic respect from Derek Carr to Jason Witten will be there just because he's on the team. And I think that will light a fire. And I love the Nelson Aguilar pick. People don't like it, but the minute he was signed, he, he was the fourth best wide receiver on our team. The minute he was signed, it's like he could possibly even be the third best wide receiver on a team. He already updated Zay Jones, Trevor Davis, whoever else we got, Kevin Doss, Marcel Aitman. He's better than all of them, whether he drops passes or not. So we helped our, you know, our wide receiver room. Um, and then that being said, we talked about Marcus Mariota. I don't think Eli Apple's a starter. I think he's a third string cornerback. But, um, I don't know how much faith they have in LaMarcus Joyner at the quarterback slot position anymore. I think they might put uh, Marcus Joyner back at safety like he was with the Rams. Uh, I, I think that experiment with him at slot cornerback last season did not work out with Lamarcus Joyner, our $10 million free agent. I think they're going to try at safety, him and Jeff Heath this year. And then Malik Collins. Wait a minute, again, where's Jonathan Abram? Oh, he'll be there. It'll probably be him and Lamarck Joyner. That's just, you know, my non-expert okay, opinion. Okay. We got Eric Harris and Dar- Dalen Levitt, you know, to back up those players. And he could be a cornerback for depth, Lamarcus Joyner, if he needs to be, or he could also be a safety because he's played that position. And Malik Collins, and long story short, Rodney Rinelli convinced Paul Gunther to get basically and Gruden four players from the Cowboys on our team. Not only that, three defensive players that could have a big impact on the defense. Paul Gunther's job is on the line, just like Derek Carr's job is think, on the line. Yeah, I think there's heat on on Gunther this year. I I don't know how there can't be. 
right? Like you, you, there's got to be like, I don't, there's like, just like what there is with car. It's like, regardless of what you like, like or dislike, what like at the, the, it's a result oriented business. And I don't think that there's a, any way you can look at Gunther and his track record so far with the Raiders and not think that there's some heat on him, man. Again, Especially when you got Marad Marinelli in the building. Like you got that's some, what I'm saying. You, you got a guy that can literally like step in at any point and run the freaking defense. That's what I'm saying. So if Paul Gunther, you know, struggles like he's done the, the previous three seasons or whatever with the Raiders, now Rod Marinelli comes in as the de facto coach, and then he's got these players that he already knows how to work with and how to coach and put them in the right positions because these players were with him in 2016 and 17 when he had his best years as a defensive coordinator with the Cowboys. So Paul Gunther, boy, your job is on the line, and you might not be the defensive coach by the end of the season. You had plenty of Bengal players that came back to this team that didn't play good under you. So now we're going to find out about the Cowgirls. All right, so quick uh, question. Uh, where are they? Let me look at my script. All right, give me your best and worst pickups in free agency for the Raiders, from your opinion. The best and the worst. Gosh, well, I think Littleton's got to be the best because we we had we were at such a deficit for so many years uh, at linebacker, and again that playmaking linebacker. The last one we've had was Kirk Morrison. I mean, that's an awful long time ago. There's probably Raider fans that don't even know who Kirk Morrison was, or are only familiar with him because of Madden or something. You know what I mean? Like it's been a long time now. And granted, the Raiders have tried. You know, we tried with with uh, Rolando McClain. Like they've tried things over the years uh, that haven't worked out, but we haven't really addressed it strongly in draft or free agency, other than that one example. So the idea that we did that, I think, is very rewarding as a fan, and and I'm excited, man. I'm excited for what Littleton is going to bring to uh, to our defense. And then, you know, in terms of like the, you know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't judge any of these guys until we see them up and running in silver and black and seeing what their impacts are going to be. But I feel like Nelson Aguilar, I'm not as nearly as confident in him as you are. And I think that was a, you know, I don't know. I think that's like an opportunity for him to give like like that's an opportunity for them to give him like kind of his last shot. At, at really competing and and we've done that yeah and, and you, you know and it's like we brought him in for chump change like his guaranteed money is like less than a million dollars like I, it's a, it's like 1.2 a hundred thousand dollar signing bonus and he was getting nine million last year yeah nine million last year yeah so not a lot there so it's really kind of like his last hurrah so i don't know just not really impressive i don't see that you know there's not a clear-cut role for him so it's hard to get excited about somebody like that because, yeah, like you said, like, okay, well, he could be the third best. Okay, yeah, well, he also could be the seventh best guy too. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know where he's going to come out. Like, we know Corey Littleton's the best interior linebacker we have on this football team, period. Like, we know that. That's a slam dunk. You know what I mean? Where we don't we, – you know, we know Eli Apple is probably the second, if not the third best corner on this team, period. Like, we get that. But Nelson Aguilar, like – I don't even know if he could be in the league like no one else does either. So we'll, we'll find out. All right. So for, um, I'll go a different route for my best pickup. I'm going to say it is Marcus Mariota only because I want to see what Derek Carr has. Um, again, I love Derek Carr. I think he's the starter. I think he's going to ball out this year, but this needed to be done. Marcus Mariota needed to come to this team to maybe open up something with Derek Carr or to close something with their car, whether that be his chapter as a Raider or I don't know. But I'm going to consider that the best pickup to propel this team 
any way moving forward, whether Derek Carr balls out because of the competition or whether he fails and then we can draft a quarterback next year or the previous year or whenever and move forward. That's my best pickup. My worst pickup, I'm just going to say this again, I believe it is Jason Witten, <laughs> only because I think he's getting $5 million because Gruden loves stars and superstars. Uh, I know he will bring some veteran leadership to this team, but you didn't have to pay him $5 million to do that. You could have brought him in as a counsel. <laughs> you could have brought him in, you know, as a coach <laughs> when he didn't get picked up by any other team. I mean, if the Cowboys released Jason Witten, that means he probably wasn't going to be picked up by any other team or even for $5 million. But, um, you know, I'm all cool with it, but I think that was the worst pickup because I don't see him scoring a lot or being a playmaker that much. But again, there is an injury concern for Foster Moreau that we don't really truly know the nature of because why are they bringing on all these tight ends and all that other stuff? And Foster Moreau went down with a horrific uh, leg injury last season. So we don't know the basis of that. That being said, that's my best and my worst. Um, what is the next question? If I can read this. Uh, all right. Give me your overall grade in free agency for the Raiders. Uh, gosh, pretty strong. Uh, a minus. All right. I'll give it a B plus because I eat those vitamins in my system. <laughs> and then who did they, who did they miss out on? Was there a certain player or two that you just like? Why didn't we even get him or go after him? I mean, I I yes, there it would have been nice to see Chris Harris Jr. be a Raider, um, and, and instead he goes to the Chargers, where we're just going to have to see him two more times a year, like when he was in uh, Denver. So th that would have been a nice player to get. It also would have been addition by subtract subtraction because you're taking him off of one of your rivals and you're putting him on your team. But I also can see why they didn't pursue him for the amount of money that he signed for. So I get it. And it was much like, you know, with Khalil Mack or with Amari Cooper or like a lot of the other tough decisions that the Raiders have had to make. Like, I get it. You don't want to compromise the integrity of, of the rest of your roster to overpay for a guy. And even the guys that they've quote overpaid on when you look, you know, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, a joiner or whoever else, like they're still team friendly contracts. They're not any things that have like crippled an organization like what freaking Khalil Mack did to the Chicago Bears, where it literally crippled them in terms of what they're able to do in the in the in the salary cap um, or with the salary cap. So, um, you know, so I get it. I get it why they didn't pursue Chris Terrace uh uh, further than that but i think in terms of name and talent and you exclude contract that would have been one of the guys that i would have liked to have seen were the silver and black yeah it's pretty interesting um so i think we missed out on and, and again i don't know all the details but boy when deandre hopkins was traded i i mean i didn't see that coming and the raiders need a wide receiver and they got Andre Hopkins for like fourth and a fifth or something around that nature. I know he's going to want a long-term contract for $17, 20000000 million a year. But I'm just like, my goodness, Raiders, I would have thrown the farm at this guy, at least the third-round pick. We have three of them, you know, um, and the, the money is worth it to me to get DeAndre Hopkins as a wide receiver for Derek Carr to – because then Derek Carr would have no excuses. 
Yeah, we're going to draft a wide receiver. We possibly could have had DeAndre Hopkins for a few draft picks and about $20 million. Derek Carr would have no excuses that we built the team around him. And then we would really find out what we have in Derek Carr. Because now there can be an excuse that, oh, we got a rookie wide receiver. We got Nelson Aguilar. You know, they're not that good. They're still struggling. Like, I just, you know, get him a Jerry Rice. Get him a DeAndre Hopkins. Get him a... You know, A.J. Green, uh, I think we missed out on that. But again, they didn't probably want him in the AFC or whatever the situation is. But, boy, I didn't even know he was on the market. And if he was on the market, boy, I would have waited in line <laughs> like a quarantine if I'm John Gruden. All right, Mike. I would waited in line. Mike, are you ready for me to serve you up a segue on a silver platter? Let's go for it. They didn't pursue DeAndre Hopkins because they already have plans for how to, uh, uh, how to uh, upgrade the wide receiver position. Oh, yeah, in the draft. All right. So speaking of the draft, let's get into our segue of the day. Me and Murph, uh, we do an annual mock draft. I am, uh, I believe I got the screen. Yeah, I'll pick. So, Murph, we're going to go from each one to rounds one through five. I believe that's what's on screen, but what? I don't know, whatever. So, we're going to go from the first pitch. We're going to have our mock draft. And I think I have the picks on screen. There we go. Murph is on the left. I am on the right. Tell me why, who you went with in the first round, number 12, and why. All right. Well, so these draft things, you, you know, I think we did the same one there. The the draft, what is it? Uh, I forget what the website is. Like, Draftnetwork.com. Draft Network, thank like you. That. Yeah, that's the one that runs those mock drafts. So uh, so definitely, uh, uh, if you if you want to play along at home, go to the Draft Network. Boy, my segue was bad. I don't even know how to present this topic. I'm like, Go to the go to go to the draft network and set up your mock draft at home. And basically, what it does is that you can do it numerous times, and it takes their highest ranked players, and it's basically like an emulator. So you don't always get to pick the same players every single time. You could do this thing ten times, and you might have, you know, th- like there's certain ones that are going to go more frequently. Like Joe Burrow, if you do it five times, probably five times is going to go to the Bengals. But maybe if you did it you know, a hundred times, 99 of them would only be that, right? So it, it varies. And then as you get deeper down, then it varies more and more. So, uh, in the one that I did, uh, I happened to have, uh, had a chance to select Jerry Judy at 12 because CD lamb was already taken at, uh, 11 by the jets. And I think that's a, a pretty common, um, least scenario that a lot of the experts are, are, are breaking down. So I went with Judy at, at 12 and then Pat- so let me do Yeah. Let me do my 12. You get, it. we'll go back and forth. Like gotcha. Go the fir- first round. So, uh, yeah, I thought the Raiders might take a wide receiver, because they were going at that point, but I felt like the Raiders had a need since in free agency. In my opinion, they got two quality outside linebackers. I felt that they had a need at inside linebacker or middle linebacker, so I went with Kenneth Murray. I felt that was a bigger need than wide receiver that's filled in this draft. So I went with Kenneth Murray, who was available at that number 12 position. Excellent. And basically, we kind of flip-flopped our order and picked the same position. So uh, while you picked Murray at linebacker uh, and, and I picked Judy, the next pick, I picked Patrick Queen at linebacker from LSU at 19. Uh, and, and then you picked Judy at, at 19. So we picked the same player in two different spots, and then we picked the same position in the other spot. So I think that at least 
for whatever our analysts' uh, minds are worth, uh, that we kind of recognize the need for both of those positions. And here's the thing, you know, in terms of wide receiver, you know, yeah, they could have made a move for somebody like DeAndre Hopkins, but then been faced with a big giant contract coming up. You draft somebody like Jerry Judy, and now guess what? We don't have to pay him for four years. I mean, you got to pay him, but you got to pay him on the rookie wage scale, and that's nothing compared to somebody that's a potential Hall of Famer like DeAndre Hopkins and the kind of money that he's going to command. And then, you know, so so I picked Patrick Queen at 19. He's going to fill in nicely. Um, I think with Kwiatkowski and with Littleton, if that rounds out your quarterback or your quarterback, your, your linebacker, it's been a while since we've done this show. If, if that rounds out your linebacker room, like in terms of your interior, like that's legit, bro. Like that's those three guys, like you'd have to, I mentioned Kirk Morrison earlier. You'd have to go back to the days of like, uh, Kirk Morrison, Thomas Howard, and and Robert Thomas. To, since the last time we had three guys that could represent the position and stand up and play down in, down out. And if that's the case too, uh, Mikey, I said or what I said earlier about Lamarcus Joyner being a great slot uh, corner. Um, but that would also, if they go linebacker, leads to your theory that maybe they're looking to back Joiner up more, having him play deeper as more of a safety, because now you got two linebackers that can cover in Kwiatkowski and Littleton and Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray are your guys to stand in there and defend against the run and to play those like first and second downs, right? So, so I don't know, a lot of thought there, man. And I think you and I went about it a little bit different, but we had the same, you know, desired result in the end. Yeah, I might be favoring Kenneth Murray over Patrick Queen just because he's from a big, a big school, Oklahoma. And also I, he's got guns, man. I saw some videotaping. That boy looked like a reader. <laughs> like he looked like a Romanowski clone, you know, even though he's probably not on steroids. Uh, and then I went with Jerry Judy uh, over CeeDee Lamb because CeeDee Lamb at that point was taken. But there's also a player that was available in Henry Ruggs at that position. And he's the speed wideout, but he hurt himself at the combine. Uh, I don't really know the layout of him hurting himself and how much that will affect him. So Jerry Judy is the route runner extraordinaire, and I believe he fits a need for this team better than CeeDee Lamb or a Henry Ruggs because they need a Tim Brown clone in Gruden Joffage. And I think Jerry Judy might be a Tim Brown clone. Then we'll go back to you. So at number 80, I went with an offensive tackle. I might have went quarterback as I first thought in my mock draft 1.0. But again, I saw Gruden pick Eric Cush in free agency. So it got me thinking about maybe he doesn't trust these younger players like Brandon Parker or Lester Cotton Sr. And he may move on from Gabe Jackson next year or something like that. So I went Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia at offensive tackle uh, just for depth and in case something happens to our tackles. I don't know why, but I just went offensive tackle. Well, this is funny because, again, you and I arrived at the same conclusion. So these picks for the Raiders are coming in at 80 and 81. So you took Isaiah Wilson at 80. I took him at 81. So, like, it's effectively the same pick there, right? So, uh, and, and for everything that you just said. So I won't, I won't rob any of your thunder because what you said was exactly my, my thought process as well. So I took Jalen Hurts with the other one. And I thought, you know, that's just a, like a – he was there. And, you know, like – 
Hey man, like, like why not? You got three picks in the third. You've got your quarterback room now rounded out. You've got a young up and coming play. Like you want to talk about, like I mentioned about Mariota being, you know, diverse in his skill set. Like, Holy cow. Like Jalen hurts, dude. Like he is all about and being an athlete. Like this guy is going to absolutely do a lot of things in the league now. And now whether he will flesh out ultimately to be a starting quarterback down in, down out, I don't know. Will he be a, is he a franchise type player? I don't know. But when you talk about the athleticism that's represented and, and what a good guy and what a good kid he is. And I say kid, cause I'm old enough now today um, to be able to say that, like, you know, like that's the kind of guy you want in your quarterback room. So if we got, I made also another kind of a uh, half tongue in cheek post earlier uh, this week or last week. It was, you know, uh, this was actually before we even signed Marcus Mariota. Uh, so whenever that was, I put Derek, Marcus, and Tua. Sounds like a nice quarterback room. Well, all right. I know Jalen Hurts was a quarterback at Oklahoma, but before that, he was the quarterback at Alabama. So give me back going back to Alabama quarterbacks again. Give me Jalen Hurts. Uh, 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 Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr's your quarterback room. Like, I don't know. There's just something that seems like there's a lot of symmetry there. Seems like there's a lot of like just talent, man. Like I just, I'm all about assembling talent. And so if he's going to be around, they've got three thirds. If, if you're going to make a bold move and especially, you know, at quarterback or at least addressing it, like why not do it here? Why not this be the thing? So this is my kind of my wild card pick, my bold prediction pick, my whatever pick you want to call it. I think Jalen Hurts ends up somewhere or somebody, at least another quarterback. He was the one available on this one and around in the third round to pick. Yeah, I had Jalen Hurts in my mock one. 0.0 draft uh, a couple weeks back. I'm going to do an official 2.0 mock draft very soon. This one was kind of spur of the moment. Uh, I didn't really put much thought into it. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I put a little thought into it, but uh, first I wanted to thank Chris Deaver for the donation. And he asked me and Murph a question. So I wanted to respect that. He wrote, how do you feel about the Amari Cooper contract? Oh, Stupid money, man. This is why we freaking <laughs> traded him to begin with. And this is the reason that we got rid of Mac. And this is the reason that we got rid of Cooper, man. Like, and look, I take away the inconsistencies and the drops and those kind of things and the, the, the maybe give up on plays or what, any of the criticism, take away any of the criticism of Amari Cooper. Does he strike you as being Julio Jones? Does he pass the eye test? Does he strike you as being DeAndre Hopkins? Does he strike you as being, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the league? I know he's good. He's got. He disappears too he's much. Even got, like every yeah. couple games, he disappears. Exactly. He's even got greatness around him at times, but he's not like that's dumb money. And I'll tell you what, and if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm eight kinds of pissed off or 19 kinds of pissed off in this case. Like when you look at that, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm the guy over here. I'm the franchise quarterback over here. And you're paying this guy $25 million a year in franchise tagging me. I'm telling you, man, the Cowboys do some goofy stuff in terms of contracts. And you know what? They can have him for that kind of money. Think about it. If the Raiders would have kept Carr, Mac, and Cooper, and which was, I know that was our big three. And everybody got up in arms and everyone cried in the blues. Oh, can we let Matt go? How can we let Cooper go? And how can we pay Carr, not them? And blah, 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 blah. Think about this money, y'all. 
Think about the kind of money. As many sacks as as Khalil Mack last year. Yes, think about the amount of money that would have been tied up between those three players. You would have three guys on the team making $25 million a year, $75 million collectively, and that's what? Rough math off the top of my head that's like... uh, 60% of the power count. Exactly. 60 or 70%. No, it would have been a little bit less than that, but still, because it would have been the salary cap. 40. No, what is the salary cap? It would have been 40, because this year's 198 so it'd been like 40 anyway still so 40 percent, 40 percent of your salary cap in three guys so now you got to flush out the rest of, which is now 55 players it's not 53 anymore because of the new cba so now you would have had to have paid 52 guys with the remaining <laughs> progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward especially in times of need this year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated learn more about their keys to progress program and plans for 2020 at keys to progress.com hi it's jamie progressive's employee of the month two months in a row leave a message at the hi jamie it's me jamie i just had a new idea for our song about the name your price tool so when it's like tell us what you want to pay hey 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 and the trombone goes blah 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 and you say we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes savings coming at you savings coming at you yes no maybe anyway see your practice tonight i got new lyrics for the rap break Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.